Welcome everyone to the ninth episode of Metaphysical Musings. My name is Tina Dubois and I'm your host for the show, the founder of Metaphysical School, a crystal and sound healing facilitator, as well as a teacher and student of various metaphysical topics. In today's show, I am super excited to interview one of my mentors, Lisa Black, who is a feminine business mentor and one of our fabulous metaphysical school faculty. Today, we're going to talk about rebellious business, feminine prosperity. Lisa believes our business is the chariot for sharing our medicine far and wide. We can rebel against ignorance and masculine structures by pursuing prosperity in a feminine energy way. In today's show, Lisa will create a sanctuary for you to reflect on three things. Number one, owning your unique value. Number two, speaking up to showcase. And number three, harnessing your story to reach your kindred. Lisa is passionate about teaching this paradigm on medicine sharing, particularly feminine business. If you truly want to make a difference and honor yourself with a feminine approach, this nourishing conversation will support you. Now, let's bring Lisa on to the show. Hello, hello, Lisa. So beautiful to be here with you, Tina. Thank you for hosting me. And thank you for joining me today. And now that you're here, I'd like to share a bit more of an introduction for you. As I mentioned earlier, Lisa is a feminine business mentor and an advocate for the return of feminine wisdom. She's the author of a transformational series of four books that herald our rise into business on purpose. The series offers guidance through 13 principles in heart healing, divine purpose, empath healer, and heart medicine. Her pioneering efforts leave a wake of maps that her life is devoted to procuring for her kindred tribe of trailblazers. With 13 years as a business owner, five years experience as the sole financial provider, Lisa is a wife and mother of two living in West Auckland, New Zealand. Also, as mentioned, Lisa is one of our fabulous faculty members at Metaphysical School. She shared her wisdom in our Energy Empowerment Masterclass in our Setting Energetic Boundaries webinar, speaking specifically for us empaths. Thank you so much for joining me. What a beautiful introduction. Oh, it's well, exciting to be here talking about rebellious business. A lot of that introduction came from your book, actually, your latest book. And before we dive into that, I would like to mention a little bit about why we might be talking about feminine business on metaphysical musings, if that's okay with you. Oh, so important. Okay. At metaphysical school, I've identified five steps along one's soul path as a healer, seeker, mystic, or seer as part of our enlightenment journey. The fifth step, which is the final step, I've called the empowered step because it is at this step where we commit to the next and what I've found to be the most profound level of learning by teaching. At this stage, we begin to empower others by sharing our wisdom. And many of us at this step, step 
choose to go into business to do just that. So to me, it's per- it makes perfect sense that we would talk about business in general and feminine business in particular, because it is the perfect vehicle or chariot, you might say, <laughs> for sharing our knowledge and wisdom. And in addition, for those of us teaching about the metaphysical realms, we're looking for ways to do business that feel in alignment with our principles, intentions, and values, which isn't always easy to find in traditional business trainings. Do you want to speak a bit about that before we dive into the book? Sure. You know, traditional masculine business is about linear, objective-orientated sales marketing push strategies, uh, which is incredibly stifling for feminine energy. All of our metaphysical teachers are actually deeply inspired. What we now hold within us was a gift, something that we received. So that feminine energy of beingness, receptivity, um, you know, spiral movement and having a business based on nurturing relationships is actually the feminine way that I advocate where we never compare ourselves, showing up in our truth is the highest service and remembering that our presence is actually the beautiful goblet holding the essence that is our sacred teaching. So for me, feminine business is imperative for us to actually share our medicine in the world. Now let's dive right in and start sharing some of the principles in your latest book of shared wisdom, Heart Medicine, the 13 principles of feminine business. I recently finished the book, as you know, it is highlighted all over the place. (laughs) And as a business owner myself, found so many nuggets of wisdom gold. I can't possibly speak to all of them today, but I thought we could expand on some of them in the show to introduce just some of the amazingly resonant principles. So from the first chapter, chapter one on heart presence, can you share with us what shadow work means to you? It's kind of the the principle of that chapter and I feel like a lot of people shy away from this kind of work because they a don't know what it means or b they're afraid of it because of the name because shadow work isn't something that a lot of you know people who want to stay high five and want to be up in light you know are gonna resonate with so so we're all on the same page what does shadow work mean to you Mm, For me, shadow is a a collection of the unconscious, unloved, unreceived parts of us. So I think a nice way to segue into shadow work is my belief that shadow is really light repressed. So remember when we're doing shadow work, we're not actually looking at the terrible, horrible parts of us. We're actually looking at the noble, pure and brilliant parts of us that other people condemned, shamed or judged us for that we believed made us unworthy of love. So those repeated messages that we received about certain parts of us We actually chose to push those parts of ourselves down in order to receive love. Now, there's no one who hasn't gone through this experience, but we all have a different relationship with the shadow part of us. Um, I think 
we know it comes from Carl Jung and shadow is the part that's hard to see. So it's very easy for us to witness shadow in other people, um, but seeing shadow in ourselves is not quite so easy. Hey, Tina. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> like, like I mentioned, we kind of, you know, shy away from it because we don't, we don't like to see the darker sides of ourselves, but I don't really like to think of it as a darker side. It's more the side that we choose to not see, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to light and dark. It's just more the parts of ourselves that we're not all that happy about and maybe shining light on it will help us improve the situation so that we can love ourselves a little more. A hundred percent. And not only will we be able to love ourselves more, but we'll be able to access more of ourselves to respond to every situation. When there's certain situations that come to us and we fall down, pull back, stay quiet, you know, go internal, those are the moments when we feel really held back from expressing the fullest version of ourselves. So that's I think, for example, my advocate was something that was really held down. I love speaking up. I love using my voice. And as a child, calling adults out on some of their misconduct was not celebrated, as you could imagine. So then my advocate really got that message that it wasn't safe for her to be expressed in the world. So I really kept my views to myself from that kind of you know, five to 15 years. And then I started realizing I had to call things out because I became really sick if I didn't. But when we're encountering that shadow, really challenging for us because we fall under the spell of other people's judgments and dismissal of these sacred parts. We come to see them through the, the lens of somebody else. And that's the destructive part. But I need my advocate for myself to speak up for myself, to take up space in this world and to share what I believe is important. I love celebrating that in everyone else. So that's a nice part that I've kind of reclaimed that is my light that I was taught was unworthy and became my shadow, Tina. Beautiful. And through this work, you've blossomed the advocate and that's part of your business. And shining light onto that shadow work, you know, was pivotal in your personal and business development, would you say? Absolutely. I mean, to go into business and to authorize our, our own voice and authorize our own wisdom takes, you know, so much stamina and self-leadership and self-advocacy and, and self-permission, right, to be able to say this is worthy and I'm going to devote my time and energy to this. And I think going into business as a 26-year-old, it still felt like the most freeing, liberating act to tell myself it was okay for me to speak up. And this is why I write books. And this is why I've been working as a coach or a mentor for 13 years, because my commitment to free myself creates a vortex where other people can join that, right? And the more other people see the permission I give for myself to be all that I am in this world, the more safety they can have to give that permission to themselves, right? Beautiful. I love that. Okay, moving on from shadow work. Another nugget of wisdom gold I adored is from chapter three on expertise articulation. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us something that you wrote in the book, which is 
the power of storytelling and the capacity it has to transfer trust with ease in relation to expertise articulation and establishing credibility. Mm -hmm. Well, we know that in business, credibility and our reputation is so very important. But one of the, I think, misnomers is that it's our training, our certification, maybe the modality that we've learnt that becomes our expertise. And, and that's a distraction. Once again, our modality is part and parcel of our service offering, but it's you, the conductor, it's you, the operator, it's you, there's the presence that actually allows yourself to connect with that modality and serve your clients. So when we can get caught up with our training, it's important to remember that our experience is what qualifies our expertise. So if we think of our experience becoming our expertise, that for me is the way that we can actually allow our teaching and our wisdom to travel to our kindred because no one wants an inspirational meme anymore. No one wants to hear what you think until they know what you have done about it. And that's why for me, you know, being a rebel in business is about allowing my words to come out, which is why I've committed the 300 hours to each one of my books and to birthing them, to finding my paradigm, to taking my stories and actually sharing what I truly believe through experience. And that just really allowed it to connect with my kindred because we've got a common bond where they've gone through an experience, I've been through an experience, and so they trust what I'm sharing because of my willingness to vulnerably share that, Tina. You were talking about experience, and it's our experience that gives us this expertise. And what I have noticed kind of in my three-year journey of metaphysical school is that it's just sharing our experience is through storytelling. Storytelling doesn't have to be the scary concept that we have to do a bunch of research on how to do and how to do correctly because there's you know tons of training on how to do storytelling correctly yes. but really it's just telling our experience and we call that storytelling and that is what is going to help people resonate with us and learn that we got from point a to point b and we're here to help our kindred get from point A to help point B faster. Exactly. And I, I think it's important to remember that the way we relate is through stories. When my children come home at the end of the day, I go, how was your day? And then they start telling me the story. If they just said, I really felt unheard today, that wouldn't really capture until they set the scene. They tell me who was there and what happened. I can't really hear that message from them. So really important to remember that our stories and our experience is the container. And that allows people to relate to what we're sharing because there's a lot of people that can talk about climbing Mount Everest who have never actually set foot on the mountain. So yeah. we need knowledge. <laughs> But knowledge that's been applied for me is wisdom. And I want to hear from wise people who have acted upon their knowledge because the proof's in the pudding, right, Gina? Yes. <laughs> and Melanie Morrison, who is joining us today. Hi, thank you, Melanie. This <laughs> is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I want to talk about, very briefly, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. I right. talk a lot about the difference at metaphysical school. And... Um, Let's hear from you first. What do you think is the difference between right. knowledge and wisdom? And then I'll share kind of what I talk about at Metaphysical School. 
Great. For me, wisdom is knowledge applied. So um, remember theoretic learning, like I have a degree in world politics and I theoretically know a lot of things, but I think it's really important that when we do actually apply them, we're actually imbuing ourselves with experiential learning that conveys a facet that can't be described in a textbook. There are um, placements, circumstances, nuances that we can only gain through personal experience. And when you can talk into the subtlety of that, it actually allows what we're sharing to have so much more validity and resonance for our kindred. How do you differentiate wisdom and knowledge, Tina? Beautiful. So on my website, I have that knowledge is the understanding of information and wisdom is the life lessons learned through experience. Mm, great. So beautiful. So clear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're going to go to chapter four now. Next, I want to share a quote from your book that deeply resonated with me from the pleasure pursuit chapter, chapter four. The quote is, I always encourage my clients to remember that a website is never finished and a rival is an illusion. <laughs> now, this is probably not the usual takeaway from this chapter on pleasure, but it really spoke to me in the moment that I read it because at the time, I was working on changing my website copy and entire business messaging. So this line reminded me and kind of validated what I was doing right then in my business, that our business never really stops evolving, just like us and our enlightenment journeys. Our business is a reflection of who we are and our personal growth and needs to evolve as evolve as we do. What do you think of that? Yeah, and I think seasonally, I think, you know, really check with your website and yourself, you know, at, at the start of every season, every three months is a really great time because we sometimes don't actually recognize the growth that we've gone through. But when we go back and read our copy, we realize that we're taking it in a different angle now, or we can say something more simply because we've gone further down that path and allowing ourselves to have an organic relationship where we speak into our website and it reflects back who we've become. I mean, that is a feminine paradigm for business <laughs> website updating rather than the masculine view, which is you should arrive at some point where everything is crystal clear and it will never change. I go, that misnomer actually stops a lot of people from one, updating, and two, knowing that that is a beautiful thing to have a sacred evolution in business and that that is the feminine way. It's the spiral upwards. This is the whole reason why we got into business is to grow, evolve, and take people on that journey with us. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's I agree. Also, also what I mentioned what at, I the beginning, at the beginning, which is that when we start teaching, we commit to the next level of learning. And, you know, being in business, I think, is even greater than that. <laughs> and we're going to touch on that when I when we get to Chapter 13. <laughs> I love Chapter 13. Okay. okay. Next, I wanted to share another quote from Chapter 8 on sacred steps that really made me rethink the purpose of business. And one of the principles, I think, is key in differentiating feminine business from traditional masculine approaches. The quote is, 
Business is actually about our ability to connect, commune, and clearly communicate with our tribe. It was quite a revelation to me that it's not about our services, uh, the services that we offer or the results we help our clients gain, but it is really it really lies in our connection and relationship with our clients. So let's expand a little bit about that. I think one of the big points that we see with Mass Yarn Business is that we want to try to get everyone to listen to our message. And we kind of really want to make ourselves applicable to as, as broad a selection, a group as possible. With feminine business, remember that the potency and the, the power in your business is actually the uniqueness of who we are as individuals. When we can narrow down and remember that our kindred tribe are only ever a reflection of who we are and who we once were, we can start actually eliminating some people, some topics and some things and become more concentrated. And that concentration has a dual effect of magnetizing our kindred while repelling anyone who's dissimilar. Now, for everyone that's working in the healing arts and the metaphysical arts, what we find is that our past will invariably involve judgment, abandonment, and criticism. So as adults in the business world, when we're really committed and invested in a sacred message, we can really hold back sharing who we are because we're trying to protect our hearts, of course. But for me, you know, suddenly becoming the sole financial provider for my family, I knew I had to harness my best asset, which was my truth and who I am. So I only spoke to empaths. I only spoke to people who loved growth. And I only spoke to trailblazers. If someone isn't committed to kind of forging a path that no one has ever walked down before, they're just not my people. That doesn't make them less worthy. It just makes them outside of the scope of my sacred message and my beautiful offerings. It's not going to be helpful for them. <laughs> and I think we communicate and connect best with our kindred and not, you know, not with everybody else. And that's okay. And I think, you know, for a lot of um, people just getting into business, you know, finding that niche, it, your, your niche can be a lot of things, but how you connect, you know, who you connect the best with are people who have similar experiences or who are at the beginning of the journey that you were at when you first started. Mm, that's a, they're just like us. And so when a lot of masculine business is talking about avatar and niche market and really targeting, <laughs> all the words are just so um, confronting for me. I always go speak to the version of yourself from two years, five years or 10 years ago, who is just beginning the journey to you know, get to this beautiful place that you've gotten to. We don't have to be at the top of the summit. We just really need to be further along the journey and know enough to be able to help other people get to where we've gotten because we're going to keep going, right, Tina? And I think that's the hard thing is that there's this illusion of arrival that perpetuates. But if we can qualify the experience that we've had and remember that other people just want to get to where you are, you'll already be going up to a further place while you're leading them. So narrowing in on our kindred tribe 
is such a potent way to allow your message and who you are to really create a resonance. And this whole book used the infinity symbol as a guide. So remember that when we're raising our voices and sending that outwards, the only people that can hear us are our kindred. And that's it's it's difficult for our hearts to take that in. But when we remember we're looking at a global market, there's so many years out there. There's actually people that are just like you. There's just a couple of them in every town. And they're just so elated and delighted to meet you. There's something that you just mentioned I want to talk a little bit more about. Speak to the you from the beginning of your journey. Speak to the person that you were with all of the feelings that you were feeling. Because you were there, you know what it was like. And so I think one of the really great things about business is that we can be the person that we needed back then and didn't show up. I can honestly say that metaphysical school is in direct response to me having the desire to create something that did not exist when I was going through my own intuitive awakening. Nothing like metaphysical school existed. As far as I know, nothing like metaphysical school still exists. It's the only place that has this sort of, this sort of model, this sort of process with the diversity of many voices, right? Because we have an international faculty of metaphysical teachers to share on everything. And one of the really great things is that metaphysical school can reach all of these other people because we have the Lisa Blacks, we have the Sandra Pellies and the Carly Penfolds and the Melanie Morrison. We have all of these stories. So, you know, we have all of these people that we can speak to and that we can help that I wish, you know, existed. Uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, <laughs> when I was going through my own, nothing like this existed. Mm-hmm. That's a, and, and not only is it a way to qualify our audience, but this is also a powerful way to qualify our value, is that a lot of us can really forget that the preciousness of who we are, we've kind of bathed in it our whole lives. So what is common is less valued in this world. But remember that it's so important to think of who you were and the chance that you might have had to meet who you are today and really question if that would be a beautiful experience like me from five years ago if I could meet me I would have so many questions I would just be like I would just be firing away with so many questions because who I've become over the last five years was everything that I dreamed of yearned for desired right five years ago and this is a way that we qualify our value If you from five or 10 years ago would hire, would work with, would spend time with who you are now, then automatically you know that your kindreds will appreciate and value you. I agree. I totally agree. And I love that. I loved loved everything about chapter eight. Mm. But I think maybe my favorite chapter was chapter 13. (laughs) We're going to talk a little bit about that. Chapter 13 is called Unlock Destiny. And in this chapter, you talked about, um, and I wrote it as a quote because it was one of my favorite things in the book, along with a whole bunch of other highlights, right? (laughs) (laughs) Business is the place where we invest our whole hearts 
to create transformation in the lives of our kindred tribe. Nevertheless, the process of leadership is so deeply transformative that it invariably rebounds back and creates potent change in our own lives too. This is one of the most beautiful things that, and resonant things that I read in the book. And this quote reminds me, and this is probably why it resonates with me, of one of my life tenets, which is that the three greatest teachers in my life have been pain, relationships, and business, mm -hmm. rather than any teacher or mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and it also speaks to what I mentioned, again, at the beginning of the show, that sharing our wisdom with others, either through business or whatever way works for us, right? It doesn't have to be business. It can be just one way. Is a profound way for us to commit to the next level of learning. Mm -hmm. And so in chapter three, you talk about the two pains that we need to reconcile with as business owners. Can you share with us these two pains that you feel are such great teachers for us as business owners? So we've got the known pain and then we have unknown pain. And because, you know, we know our wounds are where the light gets in, that beautiful Rumi quote, that we kind of begin our path from our own wounding. And we get to this certain point where we want to share. And very often business is actually a place where we want to give. So the focus is, is what can I offer? What message can I present and how can I be of service? But what invariably happens is that once again, we've got this infinity symbol showing us the true way to prosper on purpose. That going back to the first chapter, because there's a beautiful connection between the first and the 13th chapter is that we, we need to open up to receive as much as we desire to give. And if we're not following that principle, we'll become burnt out, we'll become resentful and bitter, and we actually will fail to really meet the kindreds that yearn for us. Because as much as we want to share with them, they actually want to share appreciation, they want to invest and right, show respect for our services, and they want to support us in the world. The challenge is, is that that original context where with we encountered our wounds that's a place where we probably weren't very acclimatized to receiving love, right? being paid for what we do, or being sought after and celebrated. So I reached a certain point in my career where I just was trying to give so much, I realized that I had to breathe in every time that I received a compliment and thank you for sharing my page and really acknowledge that the referrals and the recommendations and the kind words of others was really vital for me to take in. And that took me to a place in my life I'd never been before. I was fully booked. I was sought after. I felt very celebrated and appreciated in the world, which was a new pain. I didn't know how to deal with actually being held in respect and reverence and awe. And that's something we need to actively acclimatize to. Because if we resist it, what actually happens is that we stop our growth and the growth of our kindred because we're unwilling, right? We just want to give and we don't want to receive. And so we're going to block our progress. So for me, the last few years has really been breathing in and humbly allowing support in and appreciation. It's just that that's such a new pain. So I actually have such a the new pain, right? 
the unknown yeah. pain of of yeah. being able to accept and being able to receive without resistance. Exactly, because our old pain is that we were so alone and isolated and we'd experienced so much criticism that we actually became these incredible you know, trailblazers that did it on our own and we trusted ourselves. We didn't need anyone else, right? That was the beginning of me and my career. And now I just, I have over a hundred people that support me in so many different ways. And you're one of them, Tina. Like we can't actually do it alone. But if you can't receive support and love from other people, right, which is new pain for me, I, I didn't know how to take that in. We'll actually sabotage ourselves and our beautiful business, so for me, this is really about surrounding ourselves with people who know, right, how to love us. And we can actually have honest dialogues about how afraid we are for our business to go well and, and how much we need to normalize the fear that emerges when we're getting booked and when we're getting referred to others, because a lot of people don't normalize that. And that is scary. It's really scary. A lot of my business friends, we just hold a lot of compassionate space to speak about the wobbles and the vulnerability hangovers that come from actually showing up, being seen and sought after. And there's, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us at a certain point that we get to, we get to in business in that we don't want to share how good things are because we don't want to make other people feel bad about. Well, it's a change in narrative, right? Sometimes we build the narrative where we're sharing our experience and we're like, I felt alone and I felt unloved and I felt no, no one understood me. But then when you've got like a thousand people around you who are like, yeah, and we love you and we get you and we're in this with you. And you're going to be like, ah. so it's about really remembering that there's this stage where we really need to evolve and we need to take a slice of humble pie and actually learn how to take that in. But once again, we've evolved. So we need to realign our business, which is why feminine business makes space for our constant evolution for the, for the evolution of our narrative and the evolution of our service offering. So I've done one-on-one -on -one clients for 12 years and now I only offer group work because I, I learned everything I could from my one-on-one -on -one that has grown me to the place where I can hold space for multiple people. I'm creating more powerful work in a group setting now than I ever did on one-on-one, -on -one, which is really stupefying for me. <laughs> And that's the evolution, that's the evolution of, business, of business, right? right? We, yeah. st we start at a certain point and we kind of have this temporary end point and then we evolve and we have a new temporary end point and we evolve and it keeps on going. And, you know, like the infinity symbol, it just keeps on going. We are, we evolve, our businesses evolve and they, they really mirror each other through our journey. I really do. And Clarissa Pinkola Estes, this life, death, life path. If we don't allow for a sacred death in our business, we can't actually give it space to grow into all that it's meant to. So every, yeah, new moon, right, dark moon, I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying to what I thought was right or what I was committed to or what was important to me. Really making space for what's that new shoot? What's the new inspiration? What's that new thing that's emerging within you that wants to be expressed through you in this world beautiful beautiful thank you so much lisa i we could probably go on you know for a really long time because we only covered you know in brief five of the 13 principles so if you want to um if you want to read lisa's book where can we find your book and connect with you 
a little bit more. Yeah, I've just published the book on Amazon. So if you look up Lisa Black, L-Y-S-A, B-L-A-C-K, you'll find all four of my books, but definitely I'm recommending everyone read the latest book because I think it's such a, a pivotal message at this point in 2021 to really take what, what we've learned in our lives and be willing to share that through our sacred businesses. So if you are thinking of doing a business or you're in a business wanting to grow your business, Art Medicine is the most powerful of all of my books. I would say that, of course. Um, and if you're wanting a place to apply that, you know, come and follow the message on Instagram and Facebook or my community, Feminine Business Trailblazers. There's uh, close to 400 of us now all cheering and supporting one another. Speak up, show up, share our stories and allow our medicine to go far and wide. Okay, so to okay, share this on screen... To connect with Lisa through her website, you can discover Lisa's world at www.lisablack.com. And to follow Lisa on Facebook, you can find her at Lisa C. Black, L-Y-S-A-C-B-L-A-C-K. And again, these links will be in the show notes, so you can just find them on YouTube or wherever you are listening. And lastly, if you want to join Lisa's Facebook community, where we, because I'm part of it, <laughs> I'm, I'm in uh, Lisa's Facebook group, you can search on Facebook for Feminine Business Trailblazers. It is a beautiful place uh, that I like to meet new business owners and, and learn from Lisa specifically because she has amazing lives in there where we get to connect with her and um, it's so beautiful so thank you thank you so much for joining us today Lisa and sharing your amazing wisdom is there anything any beautiful parting words because I just love to, <laughs> love to hear your wisdom before before we finish today yeah, I'm just deeply convinced that the treasure of the earth really lies in all of its people. And for me, we really feel like the hardships we faced in the past segregated us and isolated us. There was a huge period of aloneness. And for me, that right catalyzed our commitment to advance in our current path. And this is really where we get to connect with our kindred and our tribe and, and through our wounding forge, a bond, a bond of love and trust and connection. And I think for me, that's my, my biggest joy in the world right now is just connecting with the human treasure from all over the earth and receiving their medicine. That for me is the paradigm of where we're going now is actually humbly taking our sacred portion and being willing to present it and share it. All of the people in my world shower me with their medicine. I don't have the decades, right, to master and walk through the experiences that life asked of them to acquire what they now live with that lives within them. But as soon as we're together, just like you and I, Tina, it just it transfers from one heart to the next effortlessly. And I think this medicine sharing paradigm is going to allow us all to evolve further, faster for the betterment of everyone. I wholeheartedly agree that we rise together in business on purpose. Yes. yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lisa, for joining me today and sharing your amazing wisdom. 
So fun, Tina. Thank you for hosting me and being such a gracious host. There's so much that you're doing to make this possible that I can't even fathom. So thank you for everything that you bring to make this possible. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. We'll talk soon. (laughs) And before we finish the episode, I would like to share that this episode of Metaphysical Musings is brought to you by my business, Metaphysical School offering everything awakened souls need to ignite their enlightenment journey, including courses, clarity, confidence, and connection. Our video education and community membership includes over 50 video courses and master classes to choose from that you can watch anywhere, anytime. You can discover your soul path as a healer, seeker, mystic, or seer, and find out where you're currently at on that path and what you need to get to the next step with ease. You can build trust in your intuition with our weekly intuitive activities designed to gain intuitive wisdom through experience. And you can get all the support you need with our growing community of awakened, metaphysically minded souls. If you're an awakened soul who feels afraid, alone, overwhelmed, or lost, We can help you to enlighten into being wise, connected, centered, and aligned on the next steps on your soul path. I invite you to visit our website to learn more about the many benefits of enrolling in our school membership, where you can ignite your enlightenment journey with us at metaphysical.school. And it's interesting because (laughs) the way that I share that is, is exactly the way that Lisa said, which is to speak to your younger self. These are the things that I needed to hear 10 years ago when I was going through my own intuitive awakening. Amazing. Anyway, while you're at our website, which is metaphysical.school, I invite you to take our metaphysical archetype quiz to discover if you're the healer with a passion for caring for others, the seeker with a thirst for finding truth and wisdom, the mystic who revels in their intuitive abilities, or the seer, skilled in divination and astrology. Knowing your metaphysical archetype is the first step in understanding your soul path, helping you to progress on your enlightenment journey. You can just click on the take the quiz button on our website at metaphysical.school. And with that, I would like to conclude this episode of Metaphysical Musings by giving gratitude. Thank you so much to Lisa Black, Metaphysical School teacher and feminine business mentor for joining us today and sharing some of her latest book, Wisdom, on Heart Medicine, The 13 Principles of Feminine Business. Again, to connect with Lisa, you can find her offerings and where to find her four books at lisablack.com. And again, that's L-Y-S-A-B-L-A-C-K. You can follow Lisa on Facebook at Lisa C. Black. And lastly, you can join her beautiful community of which I'm a member <laughs> um, on with her Facebook group by searching for Feminine Business Trailblazers. And The last thing I would like to do is thank you for joining us in watching or listening to this show. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to sharing more metaphysical musings with you in upcoming episodes. Bye for now.